0: Oh, it's always a hard act to follow, isn't it? Well, good morning, church. My name's Mary Torok, and I serve on staff as Director of Faith Formation. I'm happy to be with you today as Pastor Jenny continues time away with her family and her new puppy. (laughs) Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So what is love? Today is all about love. What is love? What a great and loaded question. The answer could be, of course, it depends on who you ask, right? But let's hear what some kids have to say about love. Love is that first feeling you feel before all the bad stuff gets in the way. When someone loves you, The way they say your name is different. You know that your name is safe inside their mouth. Love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and smell each other. (laughs) Love is when you tell someone something bad about yourself and you're scared they won't love you anymore. But then you get surprised because not only do they still love you, They love you even more. You may have seen this one floating around on social media this past week, attributed to Emma, age 6. I have my doubts, however, because the spelling and grammar were perfect. (laughs) You know. Emma says, love is when you're missing some of your teeth, but you're not afraid to smile because you know your friends will still love you even though some of you is missing And finally, one child says there are two kinds of love, our love and God's love. But God makes both of them because love is important to God. Now, I have been fortunate in my life to have loved and been loved. My first experience of love came from my family of origin. There we are. Way back, that was probably 70s, early 70s is my bet. With three older brothers and three younger male cousins, I was the lone girl in a sea of boys. My mother, though, was a lifelong feminist whose own mother was a child suffragette marching alongside her mother, my grandmother. My mother made sure that I knew that there wasn't anything I couldn't do. And while my family was one of those who put the fun in dysfunctional, beneath the mental health challenges, the many addictions, the knock-down, drag-out fights, I never once felt unloved. Some tragically do not find love in their family of origin. Perhaps you found love from a grandparent or a neighbor, an aunt or an uncle, a family friend, or maybe even a teacher. Take a moment now... To honor those who showed you love in your early life by naming them on our Facebook Live page. I have friends who I love. My best friend Molly, there she is with my daughter Molly. I met her in Miss Bell's freshman biology class in 1981. Through high school years, college, and career, Family and responsibilities, joys and heartbreaks, we remain best friends even today, almost 40 years later. Except now, instead of commiserating about boys, we compare menopause stories. And we grieve that our own children are no longer small. At the same time, we enjoy the freedom that comes with having older children. And we look forward to the day when someone calls us Nana. So who's your best friend? Tell us on Facebook Live. Give them a shout out. I met my first love at church camp. Anybody ever go to church camp? Who's been to church camp? I see some hands. I love church camp. And I loved a boy at church camp. Amid the trees and campfires, an unexpected friendship blossomed. Everything was exciting and new, and over the years, our relationship ebbed and flowed, bloomed and wavered, and today, I consider him a treasured and important part of my story. So who was your first love? Tell us on Facebook. My last love was Mike. I met Mike on a blind date in September of 1989. We went to a high school football game, and the couple in the picture on either side of us that set us up, by the way, we knew from church camp. Church camp can change your life, I'm telling you. Mike and I have been married for 28 years. He is my love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne, and they go out and smell each other love. He bakes. He gardens. He can fix anything. He's great in an emergency. I am most fortunate to have him. Not, though, because of what he does, but because of who he is at his core. Mike is the best human being I know. Who's your last love? Perhaps you haven't met them yet. Perhaps you're at your best single. Now, our first child, well, that was our dog, Mackenzie. Mackenzie was Mike's dog. There she is. She would follow him anywhere. And when he went away, she would pout in her box until he returned. But when he returned, it was like he was coming back from the dead, tail wagging, jumping up and down, yelping and barking with unabashed glee. Anybody ever have a dog? or a pet like that. That's love. Tell us the name of your pet on Facebook Live. I remain convinced with all the pets that I've had that that unconditional love of God is manifest in our pets, in our animals. Our own children came next. Molly is named for my best friend, and Spencer Spencer is named, get this, Spencer is named after the student I had while teaching kindergarten, whose mother had just had a baby. My student Spencer endeared himself to me when he sat down in a rocking chair and pretended to breastfeed a baby doll. Not kidding. I fell in love instantly. How many of you have children in your lives? They may or may not be your biological children. If you remember, and were with us on Palm Sunday this year, we celebrated the news that Jeff and Dwayne would be adopting little Avery. And while most of us haven't met Avery yet, she is our collective community's child. And we look forward to meeting her someday. Having children taught me an important lesson about love. Lots of lessons, actually. Pregnant with my second, I confided to a friend's mother... That I wasn't sure I could love another one as much as I loved my first one. My wise, my friend's wise mother told me that a parent's love is not divided, it's multiplied. So I like to think of God's love as multiplied day after day, moment after moment, as every new life comes into the world. Children, children take love to a whole new level, am I right? While they make their share of mistakes, there is absolutely nothing that my children could do that could cause me to stop loving them, nothing. And just when I think I can't love them more, they do something or say something that I am convinced they learned in spite of me, not because of me. So who are the children in your life? Intertwined with all of this love is the love of God. We know from faith development theory that how a young child experiences love will directly affect how the child experiences God. If a child is loved and nurtured, then she will experience God as loving and nurturing. If a child is abused and abandoned, then he will experience God as untrustworthy. If children are told by the church that who they are is sinful, they may struggle with their faith their whole life long. This love of God, this love that Jesus tells his disciples about, even as he prepares for his own execution, is called agape love. Now agape, translated from the Greek, does not refer to romantic or intimate love, does not imply a close friendship, or brotherly love. Rather, agape love describes the love that comes from God, whose very nature is love. The website Got Questions puts it this way. The type of love that characterizes God is not sappy. It's not a sentimental feeling, such as we often hear portrayed. God loves because that is God's nature and the expression of God's being. God loves the unlovable and the unlovely, not because we deserve to be loved or because of any excellence that we possess, but because it is God's nature to love. God is love. The scripture we read today quotes Jesus, saying, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. Now that's a tall order to love like God loves. And while I have seen glimpses of this kind of love in my life, mostly from my dog, I fail every day. Anyone else? I fail when I don't listen, because I have a to-do list a mile long, because I'm wrapped up in my own thoughts, because I'm more concerned with myself. I fail when I neglect to show kindness, In the age of COVID-19, we not only wear a mask because, well, it's mandated, we wear a mask for the simple reason that we are called to love our neighbor. I fail when I decide that my concerns are more important than those of others. When I interrupt, when I ignore, when I indulge in that wicked stream of self-talk inside my head, I fail every day. But I do know this. That even when I am not faithful, God is. I find comfort and rest in the knowledge that God loves me, even in my failure to love others well. Does God want me to be better? Yes. Does God send me little nudges along the journey of life that challenge me to be better all the time? Do I listen sometimes? Jesus goes on to say, by this. Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This agape love is the benchmark of Christianity. This is what we are called to do and be. This love that says no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here, swings open the doors and invites everyone in with the unconditional love of God. Now, this love is not easy. In fact, it's downright hard. This agape love demands that we love the unlovable, that we sit with those who mourn, that we weep with those who weep, that we sacrifice pieces of our heart for the sake of others who may never say thank you. What does this agape love look like in a world of pandemic, of Black Lives Matter, of nearing elections. It looks like this. Here I am, with Ben Heifel and Steve Sandaluck at the BLM rally last month at Columbus Stonewall. I had to give Steve a shout out and share this last photo of him. I miss my friend. Love may look like this registering voters outside a local library. Love may look like feet in the street making good trouble. As the late Congressman John Lewis used to say, love may look like donating to your favorite cause. Love may look like writing or calling your local or state legislators. Love might look like running for office yourself. Love might look like standing up to armed militia at the Ohio State House. Love may look like organizing behind the scenes. We're speaking truth to power on the steps of the Ohio State House, like our nursery worker, Tiffany. Whatever form it takes, love love always looks like justice, and justice always looks like love. It's at the very root of struggle for peace and equality in the world. Now this, I wanted to share with you, is a great book. The picture's on the screen. This is called The Five Love Languages. So give me a thumbs up if you know this book or you're familiar with it. It's been around for a long time. If you can get past some of the more fundamentalist theology, it's very helpful in learning and discerning your own love language. Incidentally, there are versions for teen, children, adults, parents, and singles. There are five love languages. Words of affirmation, number one. This is hearing verbal compliments and words that build up. Exclamations like, you did it, great job, you're really good at that. Quality time, number two. Doing activities together and having good conversations. This may include a simple walk around the block or making dinner together. Receiving gifts is number three. Getting small symbols of love. It doesn't have to be a dozen roses. It could be an arrangement picked from the garden or a favorite candy bar. Acts of service. Having others do things for you, like fixing a hot cup of coffee in the morning or a cup of warm milk at night. And physical touch, holding hands, offering help up the steps. But this is a tricky one. Always ask first. In my research, I discovered this gem, the five love languages of tacos. Words of affirmation, your tacos are delicious. Acts of service, I made you tacos. Receiving gifts, here's a taco. Quality time, let's go out for tacos together. And physical touch, let me hold you like a taco. But seriously, we often speak love to others in our own love language. So that would be our comfort zone. If our love language is receiving gifts, we might feel the best way to show love is by giving something away. If our love language is quality time, we may inadvertently, well, overstay our welcome. We are wrong to assume that everyone's love language is the same as our own. Discovering your own love language and the love languages of those around you can help us learn the variety of ways to express love. So watch for this class coming when we open back up. So love comes in many forms and is expressed in many languages. Ultimately, though, agape love is a unique expression of who God is. When God's people love well, we reflect God's grace and mercy. This is our call as Christians, to love as God loves us. As we go from this place, physically or virtually, let us remember that loving each other is not just a suggestion or a nice idea, not just something that sounds good. Loving each other, regardless of what that looks like, is a command from the mouth of Jesus, even as he walked toward his own ultimate act of sacrifice and love. Amen.